Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. Uh, we are speaking on the subject of prayer, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. We were there in the last session. And so we're going to finish out this, uh, this subject of prayer today. And really, the subject today is the Holy Spirit and prayer. And, uh, and Jesus links the two now in, in the Gospels. And we started off in Luke chapter 11, and, and Jesus uh, was asked by the disciples for him to teach them how to pray. And then Jesus went ahead and then he reminded them concerning uh, the Lord's Prayer that he taught way back a couple of years before in the Sermon on the Mount. And so here we are again, uh, Jesus speaking and about the same model now. And notice that he didn't really change. Uh, this uh, uh, reiteration in Luke chapter 11 is a little bit shorter than in the Sermon on the Mount, but the principles are the same. So uh, we are to model our praying after the Lord's Prayer. And then Jesus said this in verse 5. This is an example of what he's uh, talking about concerning prayer. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and shall say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Uh, Father, we just ask you to bless this time in the word. Bless this session, Father God. Bless the speaker. Bless the hearer. And Lord, we'll give you all the thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, and as with the last session, this word importunity is the Greek word anadiah, and it means a shameless boldness. It means a persistence in getting an answer to a petition. And of course, Petitionary prayer is a, a prayer that that must persist, that we must persist in because um, it's we don't pray. We don't pray the prayer of petition as we do a prayer of faith. The prayer of faith, we just claim God's provision and we thank God for it. And the rest of the time, we just thank and praise him. A petitionary prayer is a petition uh, before Almighty God for certain circumstances and situations that must be changed. And normally when we're petitioning God, we're petitioning against the forces of evil that are intent on us not receiving uh, the full measure of the blessing of God or for God's will uh, to be accomplished. So, um, and of course, you know, this example that Jesus gives uh, the man uh, that is petitioning his friend didn't mind inconveniencing his friend uh, in order to get the petition met. And so in the same way, we don't mind con uh, uh, placing a condition or a persistence in prayer. We don't mind inconveniencing at all, amen, the spirits or the forces that be in order for us to get our petitions answered. And so uh, these are things that we need to understand that if when it comes to petitionary prayers, if we're not willing to pray until the answer comes, until we know in our heart the answer is on the way, then uh, most of the times our petitions are not going to be answered. And it's not that God is denies, denying us anything. But we have to realize that many times when it comes to petitionary prayers, because we're 
we're praying into a spirit realm that's not friendly towards us, that uh, many times our answers are delayed. And we're going to see that here in just a little bit. But notice in verse nine, uh, Jesus says this. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The same words that Jesus spake back in the Sermon on the Mount. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks find, and to him that knocks it shall be open. Let me read again, uh, actually, what Jesus is saying. I say unto you, ask and keep on asking, and it'll be given you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone that asks and continues to ask receives. And he that seeks and continues to seek will find. And to him that knocks and continues to knock, it shall be open. So you see here, this is the action of the importunity in prayer, that we persist in praying these things and that God will answer. Amen. Now, prayers uh, delayed are not prayers denied. And we're going to see this in Daniel chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of his vision. Notice this verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh or wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself, notice that, at all till the three weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the river, which is Hiddekel, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, which uh, whose loins were girded with fine gold and euphaz. Now notice, uh, Daniel says in verse 7, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. And then he says in verse 8, Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision. And he heard the voice of words. And a hand touched him. And notice what the angel says. O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto you and stand upright for unto you now I am sent. And Daniel said he stood trembling. And then he said, fear not, Daniel, from the first day. Notice that for from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord. That's prayer with fasting. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came and helped me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand. And see, so Daniel persisted in his petitions before God. He added fasting to his petitions and mourning, and he continued, and he didn't, did not stop. Amen. So he was persistent in his praying until the answer came. Well, what would have happened if Daniel, after the first three days, would have quit? Well, then the angel wouldn't have got through to him. Amen. And then the kingdom of darkness would have won. Understand that in petitionary prayer, oftentimes you're battling the forces of darkness that are intent on your prayer not being answered. But you have what Daniel didn't have. You have power in the name of Jesus and power in the name of Jesus, like a sharp two edged sword will pierce through uh, the darkness. Amen. And you will get your answer. But a lot of times answers are not going to come right away. 
Amen. You're just going to have to hang in there through faith and through patience until the promise comes. Amen. And then uh, Jesus gives this as an example. And I I think this is where uh, we're really going to get into some some valuable, valuable truth. Uh, If a son, verse 11, shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, Will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer, offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Notice that 13th verse. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Notice that again. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? See, Jesus is speaking here of the time when the Holy Spirit would be given. To this point, the Holy Spirit had not been given. But Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He first breathed on the disciples, amen, to receive the Holy Spirit. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came in power. Amen. Praise God. And so uh, there is that dual working of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit residing in us through the new birth and the Holy Spirit coming upon us in baptism in the fullness of the Spirit and in power. Praise God. Amen. So that's very important. So we want to take a moment in this session and we want to talk about the Holy Spirit and prayer because Jesus has linked the two of them. And he did that again in the Gospel of John. Uh, There's not a greater treatise on the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer uh, than what Jesus taught his disciples just before he was arrested. We call this the upper room discourse. And so there's some things that we need to understand. First of all, uh, Jesus, if you go through the Gospels, he never really taught his disciples how to preach and how to teach. But he did teach them how to pray. And I think that's very important. Amen. That prayer needs to be caught. Amen. It needs to be taught, but it also needs to be caught. Amen. We can learn the basic principles of prayer, and we should do that. We should study the ministry of the Lord Jesus, you know, and grasp all the principles that he's talking about concerning prayer. But in order for prayer to be vital, it has to be caught. In other words, we have to practice uh, these principles and put them into action. Now, uh, Jesus said this in John fourteen twelve, the works that I do, you will do and greater works than these you will do because I go to the father. Well, Jesus went to the father. He was seated at the right hand of the throne of God. But what did he do after? He sent to us the other comforter, another comforter, a narrow paraclete. Amen. Praise God. So the greater works in quantity will be done after his ascension, after his seating, after the Lord sends to us the Holy Spirit, praise God, and births the church. So that all that Jesus taught his disciples in John in these chapters that we're going to look at, chapters 14, 15 and 16, about prayer and about the Holy Spirit are going to be done. Amen. In the church age. Amen. After the 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. So we want to look at these real quick. Now, first of all, notice something that Jesus said. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is coming and that these greater works are going to be done by those who follow Jesus. And these works are going to be done beginning in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. So when when the Lord said that, that includes you and me in the 21st century, just as much as it included uh, the disciples, the 120 in the first century. Praise God. And I think that's very, very important for us to understand. Amen. There hasn't been any change. I know there are many that talk about how that the miracles and signs and wonders and tongues and all that was done away with the death of the apostles. But that cannot be true because uh, we see outbreaks of tongues, of miracles, of the things, the same type of miracles that the apostles did. We see that throughout the church age. There's historical record of it. Amen. So uh, these things did not pass away. And I know that a lot of people say, well, you know, we don't need these anymore. We don't need tongues. We don't need these gifts. We don't need anything like that because now we have the word of God. The word of God has been codified. But once again, after the the scriptures were codified in the third century, we still see these outbreaks. And and, and one thing for sure is that tongues and gifts and these miracles took place when God would bring and send revival and these works would be revived. So the very fact that these things are done of God and God is reviving them, what does that tell you and me about today? That they're just as valid today. I mean, missionary evangelists filled with the Holy Spirit go over to Africa and miracles follow them, confirming the word that they preach. That doesn't sound to me like they passed away. Do they you? I mean, men and women are being filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues in increasing amounts all over the world. That doesn't sound to me like tongues has been done away. Now, if you've one of those that have heard and if you said that that tongues is of the devil, you better keep your mouth shut because you're in danger of blasphemy. Understand now, I know that you that probably people who say that have been parroting that which they were taught But listen, before you open up your mouth and before you make such a sad statement, you better get into the word of God and you better study the word of God out for yourself and study the word of God in light of historical evidence. I mean, it's out there. It's available for everybody that really wants to know. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time here in these three chapters, uh, John chapter 14, 15 and 16. And in this discourse, there's seven things that Jesus said about prayer. And there's also seven things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. And so he's switching back and forth. He talks about prayer. Then he talks about the Holy Spirit. Then he talks about prayer again. And then he talks about the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, the word parakletos, which is translated comforter, also has the idea and carries the idea with it that the Holy Spirit is not only our comforter, he is also our counselor. He is also our helper. He is also our intercessor. He is also our advocate. 
He is also our strengthener, and he is also our standby. Seven things that that Greek word parakletos refers, and Jesus said that this parakletos is the Holy Spirit, who is another comforter, another, the same kind of comforter that I am. Praise God. Amen. So what Jesus sent really was a facsimile of himself. The only difference is uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, a spirit. You, you can't see him. You can't feel him. You can't. Well, you can sense him in your spirit, uh, but you can't touch him with your hands. You can't see him with your eyes. You can't smell him with your with your nose or you can't. You can hear, but you have to hear with your inner ear. Amen. And sometimes the Holy Spirit talks to us audibly. Amen. But notice that he is that that one, that third person of the Godhead, amen, that is called the Spirit of Christ. He is perfectly and completely submitted to the Lord Jesus in the same way that the Lord Jesus is perfectly and completely submitted uh, to the Father. There are three as one, one in equality, one in eternity, and one in power. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Matter of fact, one in all of their attributes. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing, amazing. And think think about how that you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in you, dwelling in the church and dwelling in you individually. Uh, that is an astounding fact. Amen. When we think about it. So we're going to talk, first of all, about the seven things that Jesus said about prayer. Now, remember, this is the upper room discourse. This is just before Jesus is arrested. And these are the most important things that Jesus wanted to remind his disciples of. Amen. So this is important. And we need to not just read through uh, these chapters, but we need to study them. We need to meditate on them. Praise God. Now, notice in John chapter 14, notice what Jesus says now. He's going to say this in verses 12 and 13 and 14. Notice what he says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. The greater works cannot be in quality. They must be in quantity. I mean, that's logical. Amen. I mean, you can't get any better quality than uh, uh, than raising the dead. So what Jesus is talking about when he says greater works, he's talking about greater works in quantity, not in greater works in quality, because you can't get anything greater uh, than raising somebody from the dead. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Multiplying the loaves and the fish, walking on the water. Oh, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus said that we'll do these things. We'll do them in quantity. And he's talking specifically about uh, healing sick, raising the dead, uh, healing sickness and disease. Praise God. And all of that has been done throughout the church age. And they're being done today. People are being ra being raised from the dead today. Amen. So uh, that should not um, that should not catch us by surprise. Uh, because God is very much in all of these things. And he does it, amen, so that people will be drawn to him. Miracles draw people to Jesus. Praise God. Amen. All right, once again, verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do. Notice that. Shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. 
Now notice in verse 13, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now the word ask is different from the other words that are used, uh, Greek words that are translated ask. This word is aiteo, A-I-T-E-O, amen. And it's different from deesis, it's different from, from proscute, because prosuke, I'm sorry, prosuke, because uh, this has a stronger sensing. It is, it is a demand for something that is due. It's making a demand. Amen. Now, we don't demand God. We're not demanding of him. Praise God. But see, we use this word in the sense of knowing what our rights and privileges are, that we can go before the Lord. And if we've got the word of God, we can say to the Lord, Lord, now I know you've got to do this because this is what your word says. And I know that you're not a liar. And so, Father, it must come to pass. It shall come to pass. Isn't that the essence of faith? Amen. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Notice the word shall in that verse of scripture. Amen. So we're talking about praying from a position of strength, not from a position of weakness. And we don't omit humility in this type of praying. Amen. Now, you know, making a demand in the spirit for something to be done is, is not being prideful. It's not being arrogant. Amen. It is being humble. It's just us simply doing what Jesus said we are to do. So notice here that Jesus says, whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. So as we make these demands in our petitions and we demand things to be to be changed, just like Daniel, when he prayed, he demanded things to be changed and they were changed. But notice he was praying to the Lord. He wasn't praying to the devil. He was praying to the Lord. Jehovah, praise God. And then. Uh, Jesus goes on, he says this now in verse 14. This is a reiter reiteration now. Notice this. And ye shall, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. Praise God. See, that's making a demand for something that is due. Now, if we go to John chapter 15 and we look in verse 17, notice this. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask, once again, ye shall demand, make a demand for something that is due, what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Do you want your children saved? Well, then you start praying after this pattern. You demand it in the spirit world. You command. And remember, Jesus has given us authority and power of command. You can command the evil spirits that are holding your children bondage to be broken in the name of Jesus. But don't just pray that one time and then go off your merry way. You stay with it. Amen. Just like if you're in a uh, in a, a boxing ring and you're boxing your opponent and you know you're going to go 15 rounds and you know, amen, you're going to do your best to knock this guy out. But if you don't, uh, you may have to go the entire 12 or 15 rounds. Well, then you got to be determined to do that. And it's the same way with prayer. Remember Daniel. He was fasting and praying for three full weeks. He wasn't going to give up. 
And the angels finally broke through, praise God, amen, and brought Daniel the answer. That is a tremendous truth today. Praise God. So once again, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, see how important it is to pray the word of God and my words abide in you, my words living in you, my words living in you, abiding in you. Amen. You're not putting the word in and then you pull it out, not putting it in again and then pull it out. No. Amen. You know, you can put the word out of you by by acting contrary to what the word of God says. No, you abide it. You keep it. Amen. You keep the word. You keep it abiding in you. You shall ask what you will. What you will. You mean to tell me we have that kind of power in prayer? Absolutely. We have that kind of power in prayer. Praise God. Now, what you ask, you've got to ask according to the will of God. Amen. And it'll be granted. See, we can short circuit these things through unbelief and through disobedience. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Praise God. All right. Now, going over to chapter 16, notice this in verses 23 and 24. And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Once again, making a demand for something that is due, praise God. Now, when Jesus is talking here, he's talking about that time after his death, burial, and resurrection, after Pentecost. This is when it becomes real. Because right now, what Jesus is teaching his disciples, they do not have a clue what he's saying. Amen. But it's the Holy Spirit now that takes the words of Jesus and makes them real to us. All right. Now, let's look at the seven things that uh, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Seven times in John 14 through 16, he told us to ask to make a demand for something to do. That is the Greek word, I tell you. But notice what he says here about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, let's go back there. John chapter 14, notice this in verses 16 and 17. Notice he says this. Uh, Verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. For you know him, for he shall dwell in you and shall be in you. So here is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number one, Jesus gives to us the other comforter, another comforter, one comforter, parakletos, one of the same time. So when Jesus gives to us the Holy Spirit, He's given to us a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby. Somebody who is complete, amen, who wants to allow us, amen, for our ministries to revolve around him in the name of Jesus. And then John, uh, Jesus says this, even the spirit of truth, he's called the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. Notice this, and shall be in you, speaking of that time of the new birth. Praise God. But I want you to notice here, now in John 14, 26, he begins to talk, and he mentions seven things concerning the ministry of the Holy Spirit to you and to me. 
Verse 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So he's going to teach us all things, all things that Jesus taught us in the Gospels. And he's going to bring all these things remembrance to us. Praise God. Well, how are they going to come? They're going to come through prayer. Amen. Communion with God. Holy Spirit's going to remind us of these things. Praise God. Amen. Now, in John 15, 26. All right. Now, here's the third thing that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be. His ministry would be to us. Uh, John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father. Notice Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. He shall testify of me. This is the essence of prophecy. The essence of prophecy by the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. Praise God. He will testify to you and to me of Jesus. He will bring the words of Jesus to our remembrance. And he will speak to us through the word of God as we read the word and as we study the word and as we meditate the word. He, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit shall testify of me. Now, let's go over to to, uh, John 16 and verse 8. Notice this. And when he has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit when we preach the gospel. And then finally, we'll wind up with verses 13 and verse 14. Notice this. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The spirit of God will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. And he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The fifth, the sixth, and the seventh thing that the Holy Spirit will do for us. Amen. So get in tune with the Holy Spirit. Understand that your prayer life is is a, you have commanding power in prayer. And God will do miraculous things for you and for your family, for your church, and for your community. So Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today for this word. Now, Lord, we just ask you, Father God, for that consecration, that commitment in each of us to put the word preached, to put it into practice, and we'll give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rb. TC86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life.